Not gonna lie, this episode made me awfully thirsty. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of 40-ish. Or as we call it, Jason Meyer Season 5. Jason V. Meyer. God damn it, John. I, so my last experience there was pleasant. It was a middle of oh, a... Oh, that's a cliffhanger. That's I went cliffhanger. at like 11.30 in the morning and it was like, oh, this is what Meyer could be. But no one shops at this time of the day, so screw all of you people and stop coming. It's because they're working, Jason. Right. They can't work remote like you at, right. from the comfort of their own home, even during the polar vortex. Right. Yeah. You guys still got the polar vortex up there, huh? No. no. Actually, we have consistency. Okay. It's, you know, it's about, um, what, high 20s, low 30s Jeez. for the next it's, couple of days. It's still but at cold. least it's consistent. But it's, it's consistent. Your skin cold, right? Yeah. Right. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the back back in the seventies here by Saturday. Yeah, you can but go to hell, man. Weird because we've had a we've had a you know almost a seventy degree fluctuation in temperature over these past week down here. Dude, we went from negative seven to like forty in yeah, one we, day. There so. was a swing for some people of eighty degrees. You yeah, know, we've had about seventy degrees down here. Yeah. So. Well, as always, I'm 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 privileged and pleased to be joined by Mr. John Moody. He said privileged. It's because your mom's still sending the checks. Uh, Mr. Lance Aber. Yeah, my mom is not sending the checks. No, but she is our sole <laughs> listener, so we we yeah. support Ms. A. Hi, Ms. Aber. And uh, we're uh, we're happy and excited actually to welcome in our guest. This is a a gentleman who. We actually met real early in his career with what he does now when the establishment was new yep. and it was calm and it was half of the building it is now and we could have a casual conversation. Uh, that has all since changed for the better for him. Uh, we're happy to welcome in uh, Chris O'Neill from One Well Brewing. Chris, welcome to 40-ish. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'll be... Um... I'll be bold and say that for me, One Well is the coolest brewery in Kalamazoo. Yeah, I'll go with I, that. I, I I don't know Kalamazoo very well, but uh, I mean, I think that we know, have I some heavy hitters here. Yeah, and, and the the vibe that Chris has cultivated there is is it's pretty cool. I it's pretty cool. Definitely don't. I, I haven't seen a brewery down here in North Carolina like that either. So. At, uh, you know, and Lance has been to all of them. He's been, been, to, all. been to a lot of them. But, uh, you know, we, uh, I was just looking at my untapped for, you know, when I met with John back on the December 13th, 2017 was the last time I was up there. Wow. It was and, that, uh, yeah. Had three different, uh, three different beers there, but there none of those know. ones, none of those ones you mentioned before we got on either. So. No shit. Yeah. Well, before we get too deep into the questions and uh, picking of your brain, Chris, why don't you take a second and tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do? Well, uh, so like you said, my name is Chris O'Neill. I've lived in Kalamazoo now since 2002. Um, went to Western like many people do coming to Kalamazoo. Thank you. Yep. Go Broncos. And, uh, go Broncos. So after finishing up there, you know, joined the uh, regular working world, started uh, actually at uh, National City, uh, working 
at a bank and uh, a buddy of mine came to me and said, Hey man, we need to, need to step up our hobby game. One of my best friends. So, you know, what we talked about doing, uh, you know, he wanted me to buy a motorcycle and I definitely didn't have the money to do that. So uh, we decided we'd chip together some money and uh, buy some homebrew equipment. So, you know, we got together about 500 bucks and got going in about 2009, maybe 2008. So him and I started working together on uh, making homebrew and uh, one thing led to another five gallons stepped up to a 25 gallon batch. And, uh, you know, after making quite a bunch of beer in my driveway, I decided that, uh, you know, maybe we take the show on the road. Nice. And here you are. And, ble and ble <laughs> bless you for doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that? What was that first beer, Chris? So actually, uh, Jalapa, uh, Opener, Wappy, and uh, Bad Ads were all beers that I was making at home. Uh, the recipes got scaled up from what I was doing here, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Sweet. You need to talk about Jalapa for a little bit because yeah. that is – so many people try to make a jalapeno infused beer of however things and usually, and I mean, I, I like the ones that are still a little more daring, even though it's very much a, one of those ones where you can definitely tell it's, it's, it's a little spicy for most people, but Jalapa is probably one of those ones that is drinkable for even somebody that likes a very mild um, spice. Hmm. What type? Like, what type of beer is that? It's a well, Jalapa is a blonde ale. Okay. And, uh, you know the original recipe. We would uh, cut up a couple jalapenos, take the seeds out, and throw them in the corny keg, and let that sit in the kegerator. And as they sat, um, you know, it would definitely pick up the flavor first. And after a couple weeks, you'd start tasting some of the spice, and it seemed like it'd get spicier as the keg emptied because you'd have less liquid and the sure. same amount of pepper. Yeah. Mm. So, um, you know, the, the idea for Jalapa definitely came with a little spice, but, um, it was kind of a, kind of an interesting story. So we started off, um, you know, one of the first batches we brewed, uh, we, we cut up some jalapenos and we put them in the beer and, uh, you know, came in the next day and we're tasting the beer and we're like, man, it, has the jalapeno flavor but it's not spicy and uh you know we'll just we'll just give it another day we'll give it another day so another day rolls by and we taste it again and you know same thing all the flavor and none of the heat so after a few days in not picking up any heat you know we we were just wondering why you know what happened so uh we went back into the cooler and at the time we didn't do any food um, this was actually before we opened as we were brewing our first batches. And so we went back in the cooler and we pulled out one of the peppers from the box and bit right in it. And, uh, you know, I do like spicy food. I'm not going to, not going to say that I don't, but I'm not definitely not the kind of guy that goes around just eating straight peppers. Mm -hmm. right? So sure. after I sure. bit into this pepper, I realized that the batch of peppers that we actually got had no spice mm. and, uh, huh. So I instantly called up our food vendor that had got us the original box of jalapenos. And I said, you know, I don't know what it is or what you have to do, but we need to get another box of those same jalapenos. And the guy says, what are you, what are you talking about? And I'm like, 
the jalapenos weren't spicy. Like we needed the same batch. And uh, so he said, well, they were supposed to be spicy. So ends up, he calls around and swears up and down that he got us the same box of peppers, uh, same batch, all of the things. And we get them. And, uh, you know, so confident Chris here, I just grabbed one of the peppers out of the box and took a big <laughs> bite out of it. Oh, and, uh, yeah, well, like I mentioned, we weren't doing food at the time, so we had nothing to stop the, right. the, the fire that was raging in my mouth. No bread, no crackers. And, uh, it was painful. It was, <laughs> wow. yeah. it was painful. So that started a big, uh, Huh. Have you uh have you ever thought about uh getting into a uh, little bit more of a spicy pepper? There's an actual pepper called the fooled you pepper. And uh it's actually a pepper used in big food production huh. so that you can get a consistent level flavor without the erratic spice level that jalapenos carry. Huh. So you actually source a very special pepper um that's grown in California and uh shipped to us overnight see i love spicy food and there's another brewery in kalamazoo that has a really spicy beer that i could take about a sip off of it and it was unpleasant where this one was halapa was pleasant because it was like yeah you're getting all the it's like a sensory trick it's like a mind screw where you're like this is gonna be no but the, the, the kicker for people that get a chance to try jalapa at one well is you also offer up sliced jalapenos that people can put in it that are hot as hell so that you can yeah you can tailor have a, little a bit, bit of the play. Right. Yeah, I would go tailor. You can you can spice it up or down however you want. It's pretty pretty impressive. So Yeah, we've got some we've got breweries down here that are doing uh Carolina Reaper peppers. Um, oh Jesus. Peppers. So uh, yeah. Is that for the, flavor or is that strictly for like the heat it's or pain? Or, it's no, for pain. Because it's I mean, because I've got you know, you know, the uh you know the the brewery that I you know that I attend most often, they live they do, at live at. <clears throat> yeah. They um they do a Carolina Reaper pepper uh, beer that, that is a I wanna say it's a pale ale that they do with it and <clears throat> fantastic. Um, no, it is a, it's, it's a wheat beer cause it's a sweet heat, but <clears throat> cause they mix it with, uh, with honey and, um, I think it's death. honey and the uh, Carolina Reaper. Death. Um, they mix it yeah. with death. <laughs> so Chris at one, well, you guys have rotating taps that a lot of breweries have, but you have those two levels. You got the primary level of the everyday is like you mentioned your openers, your whoppy, your badass. Um, and then you got that secondary level where my favorite beer of all time lives. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to even like pretend. Uh, Sweetwater Street is has consistently been in my top three, if not number one beer for the last five years. I just, it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, so, um, and the reason I mentioned that one in, in particular is one, we are also having uh, Aaron and Seth from Water Street on in a couple weeks. And uh, Sweetwater Street is is kind of a uh, I want to say uh, it's a it's a a mashup a, a combo effort. collaboration yeah. collaborate that's the word I was going for thank you Lance of yeah. three what are now Kalamazoo institutions between One Well Brewing, uh, Water Street Coffee and Sweetwater Donut Mill. So uh, I've had beers that are like 
Uh, what's what's the one up north, John? We we went to Right Brain and they did right. the pump one. Was it their cherry wheat or their pumpkin where they put the whole pies in the mash? It would be the oh, pumpkin yeah. ale. Yeah, the pumpkin ale. They yeah, actually what? did a whole pie series where they did different pies with Grand Travers Pie Company. Yeah, yeah they, they were Grand yep. Travers. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, before Dang. I ask the other question I have about this is what could, what possessed you to go, you know, donuts. We're going to go donuts. Where, what kind of mad scientist shit is that where you're like, yeah, I think that's what we're going to go with. Well, so that was actually a fun story too. <laughs> you guys are getting me back to the like you very guys both drank at the same time that's well, hey. that's because i was expecting to go, well back in diggity four we uh <laughs> we had very few dollars to our name we dunked our donuts in our beer <laughs> well it was just a really original you know pattern of the business that we wanted to do local collaboration and bring around you know try to support other business and obviously try to get that you know support and response as well but uh you know looking around at what we have in kalamazoo you know we have a great guitar factory you mm-hmm. know we have big pharma but yeah. we also have you know tasty coffee and we have uh you know one of the best donut shops in the country and uh you know looking at food production and what we can do to partner with some of that um you know we we figured you know hey Donuts and coffee sound like a pretty good mixture. So, the you know the the beginnings of that beer, we actually took um, a little bit of a batch that we were doing of our porter, the don't porter, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided that we were just gonna. And this was actually inspired, totally inspired by uh, Russell at Right Brain and what you guys were just talking about. You know, he said that he could throw pies in a beer. So I said, well, if he could throw pies, we're going to definitely try donuts. <laughs> and nice. so we actually just went out and bought a couple dozen donut holes and threw them right in the fermenter. And it became the most important stop on the tour when we uh, would give the tour originally of the pub and the brewing area. So cool. people would walk past it and say, what is that? I need to nice. know what that is. And as soon as I said, well, you know, that's donuts floating around in the beer. So we have some beer aging on donuts. They said, when can we get that? And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it instantly became a quick favorite. So. Oh, nice. So I personally, I have four questions that I want to hit and two of them are specifically wow, four. I know. Uh, but I know we're going to go off the rails here. Uh, so I'm going to ask these questions before I get too far off that are specifically uh, beer related. And then two that are kind of business related. Um, I remember it had to have been two or three years ago. I came in in the fall and, and something Kalamazoo seemed to be known for is a lot of the breweries, uh, especially starting with um, uh, old peninsula OP downtown would craft their own pumpkin nails. And, and you were like, seemingly I, I remember having this conversation you were like dead set against it like you weren't going to do it and it was at the same time that was it budweiser was doing their their mass marketing campaign of just these yeah. crazy beers that you did at least once that in my memory is you made a pumpkin ale and you named it here's your effing pumpkin ale is that is that my memory correct or did i have too much that night i definitely did end up doing that uh, you know, people kept asking, they're asking, are you going to make pumpkin beer? Are you going to make pumpkin beer? 
And, uh, you know, it wasn't really something that was, was my choice. I mean, it's always been my choice, sure. But, uh, you know, with so many people asking for it, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those deals you just want to, you know, please the amount of people that you can. And if, if that's a pumpkin right. beer, then that's a pumpkin beer. So yeah. when it came to naming it, it definitely, uh, you know, was the effing pumpkin. So I, I said, here's, here's the effing pumpkin, you know? I feel, especially as I've gotten older, um, the amount of pumpkin spice and everything, like starting in now late August, yeah. to you know early january seems now it's just that that that's my myers jason yeah is is the you're you're rallying against pumpkin spice that's my right that's my get off my lawn yeah i mean thing my my experience so i moved to kalamazoo when i got married so right around the same time you came chris around 2003 and went to western yeah uh, at an at a older state in my life and it was everything for us to go to Old Peninsula and get pumpkin ale at the time. It was like, what is this holy? Oh my God, it's magical! Right like now, here in 2019, there are everything, like, but there are only like two pumpkin ales in the whole country that I can even tolerate anymore. One is out of Seattle, and I've already forgotten the name. I'll have to go find it. Well, it's because most other places just throw nutmeg in it, and then right. they think, then they charge you a premium for it. Right. No, yeah, that's true. Um, I know you guys just did a series of. Bourbon barrel age stuff. Yep. And I, I, the question I want to ask about that is, is that because you were interested in it? Or is that because that also is like kind of a, it's seemingly like a Michigan movement. A lot of the breweries in Grand Rapids, like that's what you're going after. You're going after your, your bourbon stout, your, the KBS up there is like the gold standard of, uh, it's okay. Um, is that something you had wanted to do? Is that something that came out as a request or how did that come about? Well, I definitely think that the barrel age projects are something that we love doing. Um, you know, the most recent release actually had only two, um, two of the four beers were aged in bourbon barrels mm -hmm. because we actually, one of them was a gin barrel age, or sorry, gin, a tequila barrel aged Goza. Oh, okay. So we had a nice lime Goza. Nice. Uh, low ABV. It only went into the barrel at 4.6%. And uh, when we pulled it out, it pulled out at 6.6. Wow. So okay. Very reasonable, mm -hmm. uh, you know, full flavored beer that, you know, we, we definitely dreamed of the pairing of the beer with tequila. Now, sure. If, uh, if I was to say that wasn't something that I mixed maybe at home, uh, you know, I, I might be making stories up here, but, uh, but you know, the pairing goes so well. So when we want to serve it at the pub, you know, the, the best way that we could infuse that tequila flavor, um, was aging that in tequila barrels. And then, uh, one of the other beers that we launched was called wine and dine. Mm -hmm. And okay. what that was is we took our Brown recipe. We added uh, Merlot grape must. So the, uh, juice, and uh, fermented that out. So we had a nice brown wine, big red wine flavored beer. And uh, one of the local wineries that we were partnering with to get some grape wine from, uh, they ended up sending us off with a, a couple wine barrels that they had used for a blueberry wine. And uh, we okay. ate the beer in there. So that beer came out a very smooth, easy drinking, you know, 
nice, wonderful beer, and that was at 10.1. What type of what type of beer was that that you put in there? So it was uh, brown with Merlot grapes, then aged mm. in the... Uh, oh, that was the one that you put in there. Nice. Okay. So, you know, the flavors came together really nicely. And uh, so, I mean, even, even with the barrel aging projects, I mean, doing some different besides bourbon barrel, but, uh, you know, we, we had our big barley wine aged in whiskey barrels, which we're going to be taking to the Winter Beer Fest this weekend. And uh, pretty excited about that, you know, nice and mellow flavors. So, you know, basically we just had two Imperial Stouts aged in bourbon barrels and then uh, a couple of different styles. So I think even with the barrel age projects, you can do unique and interesting things and not have to uh, continue to just do dark beers. Now, what's a, um, where do you source your uh, bourbon barrels from? Or do you do, do you source them from the same kind of locations? Or And how often do you how, – how many batches do you use and before you retire them? Well, with uh, a lot of the barrels that we've finished up using for their bourbon character, we've actually started using for a sour program as well. Oh, nice. Um, so we've been recollecting some of those now. You know, not all of them. But uh, usually we're using them once, maybe two times, kind of depending on how we feel like the uh, bourbon character still exists within okay. that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we were getting a lot of smaller barrels in the beginning when we first started from Journeyman's Distilling and Three Oaks. Okay. okay. And, um, you know, now we've kind of been using some of the bigger barrel brokers so that we can get, um, you know, the larger casks for us and the size of the the pub now make a lot more sense because we... Uh, ones we were getting from journeyman's were only 15 gallons so the traditional whiskey barrel 53 gallons and there just isn't enough production yet in the area to be getting um you know the bigger barrels around here so you kind of mentioned the pub i I, so i had a question about that when john and i would first go to one well when you guys were your your singular entity um a couple things stood out that the gorgeous uh, bar itself, the woodwork that you had done, and it was just the start of um, your mug club, where some you had a, a local woodworker make like the hanging space. And um, how how would I describe this and be generous? It was manageable to come into one. <laughs> um, it was it it became busier. I mean, you had pinball machines, but it was a, a channel building, and it's and it's in a what was nondescript area, a little shopping mini mall, strip mall yeah right there in Kalamazoo right off of 94 for everybody listening if you're coming through Kalamazoo and I-94 94 in Portage get off a of Kilgore Road exit exit 78 be there the um, Portage Street exit yep, yep. take um, a right and, a and block down yeah yeah go 400 um, feet take a left <laughs> there was a conversation about the the business immediately adjacent to you what was the tipping point for you guys to go, it's time to see if we can claim this larger space, which I think uh, tripled your square footage, if I had to guess, to the point now where you walk in, you've got a full bar, a secondary bar, full-on kitchen that with an amazing rotating menu that you can't even keep up with unless you're following you guys on social media, and, which is really interesting to me, a very welcoming and surprisingly well-stocked kids area. We're talking. I was going to bring that up. Board game. I uh, 
taught, I mean, we've brought our entire family and like the whole lacrosse team, the kids lacrosse team, we all came in and they all were able to have killer food and play. And the parents are all sitting at these long, like Steinhouse style tables, having a, a lot of beer. Uh, what was the tipping point? When did you go, well, you know, we kind of need to be huge for ourselves. Well, I mean, it, it really kind of came to us. Um, you know, when we, when we were just the one side, uh, we saw business taken off. You know, when we first opened, we had a pool table. We had a foosball table. That stuff was quickly to get out of there um, just because it took up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, once we got the, the original side set up as best we could, you know, we got to a point where uh, we were seeing record-breaking days every week we were seeing a new record broke and, and uh, what we were seeing is, is that we were packed, you know, shoulder. Yep. And um, so at that time, the gym next door had uh, basically decided that they were going to wrap it up and, you know, it was perfect timing. So we were able to talk to the landlord and take that space over. So, the build out did end up taking a while, but we were uh, ready to go pretty quickly after that. What is the uh, what is the, the nearest physically the physically located brewery to you guys right now? Is it Bright Eye? No, it's uh... well. So uh, Bravo is actually right down the road from us, yeah. and they make their yep. own beer. And then uh, Latitude Forty Two, probably right after that. Latitude right. Okay. You've been yeah. Latitude, yeah, Bravo. <laughs> high-end Italian place, but the head chef also does brewing, and he usually has four, three, three or four. Yeah. I, I, I used to go in there on a regular around the holidays and get whatever his holiday creation was. Um, it's expensive. Be prepared. It's an expensive growler to fill comparatively. Um, but yeah. I don't know, man. I went up to, um, I'm trying to remember the place in Traverse City last year for um, for our vacation in North Point. Uh, it was one of the downtown ones that they specialized in cider. And um, they actually, we, my dad and I tried a bourbon barrel aged cider, which yeah. was fantastic. And I was like, yeah, I'll take a growler of that. And it was like 53 bucks. Well, Jesus. That's like right brain, not letting us leave with their mead. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, granted it was worth the 53 bucks, but, at the time it's three dollars yeah it, it it was a yeah it was a stiff uh stiff arm handing out the uh, credit card for that one now i don't want to ruin it for anybody chris but every freaking time i come to one well <clears throat> there's like ten thousand people there which is awesome for you guys are there days that I might be able to find yeah. right? come into one well? <laughs> what are the good days to come and find a seat very easily? <laughs> yeah, because it, 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 it doesn't happen. One o'clock on a Wednesday. <laughs> no, they don't open that early. <laughs> well, well, no, so, so you'd have a seat. <laughs> we actually did end up opening uh, seven days. So, you know, we are open uh, Monday through Sunday now. And... Uh, you know, I mean, our, our business is very lucky. You know, yeah. our employees are super happy. Um, you know, we, we see good volumes of people and uh, it's, it's great, you know, and I think that, you know, if you were going to a place over and over again that barely had anybody there, there's probably a reason for that. Right. Right. Yep. 
But I mean, it's definitely nice too, because we have such a great crowd of customers that come in and, and everybody's so friendly and nice that it's, everybody wants to go there because they're going to find all of these people that are just going to share their, share their table. Yep. Yeah. Share their yep. stories. Just keep. Well, we went, what was the, we, John and I were just there. It had to have been maybe a, About month, a month ago or so. And we yeah. said the, the very end of what I'll describe as the new bar in the new space, right across from like the employees, little refrigerator thing there. Uh, and oh, what was that thing I had? I had, you had a Russian, uh, it wasn't or like the imperial, like yeah. an imperial stout. It was one where I was glad John was driving after I had one. It was, it was so. That sp- might have been the twenty four seven. Yeah, I think that sounds that was about that. right. But whoever the guy who was helping us out at the bar was was as cool as anybody else we've ever met there. You're right; they're just genuine, genuinely kind of happy. You don't feel like they're at work. You feel like they're hanging out, and they happen to be handing you food or beer. Right. Um, and like I said, I've got a really close friend that works there now as one of the, the, the line cooks or, and uh, he works there, I think only part-time. Um, but it's just a, a cool environment. And, and that kind of vibe that you give off leads me to my other question is, I believe you have, you don't brew on site anymore. You have a separate brewing facility in Kalamazoo, uh, actually down the street, if I'm not mistaken. And it was such a big space. Do you not like share that space with other smaller brewers because you kind of wanted to share the love? Well, and uh, definitely that was one of the early ideas that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we thought that that would really make a lot of sense. And uh, basically we're at a point where, you know, we're utilizing the space as much as uh, as much and more that we ever thought that we would. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're, distributing now in the Kalamazoo area mm-hmm. uh, we have our cans at at our local buyer yep and a lot of the stores around here so um, you know keeping up with production has kind of been a full-time gig and uh, so originally we had thought about helping out some other other brewers and now we're just at the capacity kind of hurdle so we are working with one uh, small startup that uh, just got their their permit. Hmm. To be yet, but uh, they're called Deep End, and, and uh, you know they hopefully will be be able to get their beer around town here before too much longer. Cool. Now I got a um, question, Chris. If they have you seen or, or what type of what type of change have you seen in the craft beer market since you started? I mean, uh, you know, your home brew so many years ago. What, what have you seen, either the positive or negative aspects of the the growth and the explosion of the craft beer market? Because I know down here in North Carolina, I mean, it's the craft beer market is is freaking nuts. I mean, just from you know where I'm at right now, I have probably 20 breweries within 10, 15 miles of me. And, and he visited them all tonight. And I, and I only visited <laughs> two. So, but, uh, but um, I mean, what, what kind of uh, growing pains or, you know, challenges have you seen in the craft beer market since you started you know, this whole process up there? And obviously up there in Michigan, because I mean, I'm sure the markets are different, you know, across the country, but um, in, in Michigan, especially, because I know, you know when I was living up there, I mean, 
finding a craft beer place was like nearly impossible. And I mean, that was like, that was 11 years ago. So, um, I mean, what, what kind of explosion or challenges have you seen in that, uh, in that process, you know, since then? Well, I think it's good that there's been a lot of different places opening up. I mean, it gives everybody their opportunity to have, uh, you know, what they want. I mean, we're not a sports bar, you know, there's, there's breweries that can, can give you that feel. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the tough, toughness has come in the distribution market, you know, uh, we want to serve our beer as fresh as possible and, uh, you know, get that to the customer right away and, and have them consume that. So in the distribution market, it's been tough because with so many other options out there and people wanting to try something different every time, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, figure out what our next, what our one wells two hearted is, or, you know, what our Oberon is. And, and uh, you know, if, if customers out there are trying something different, you know, regularly and your, your local beer store has a thousand options, you know, it's hard to figure even in a good beer state with people having tons of good stuff, um, you know, what makes your brand stand out. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we do well is to provide that awesome experience at the pub. And, uh, you know, you have such a good time when you come to visit us that uh, you can bring that home with you a little bit in the can and, uh, you know, maybe reminisce a little bit on uh, the good times that you had when you stopped in. So, so I'd then, say, you go ahead. Well, I'd just say that it's great, you know, that there are breweries that are coming up and, and that you have 20 to choose from because you get to decide which one you like. And I'm sure that you may like different ones for different reasons. Um, but, you know, struggle wise is just, you know, with so many different options out there, you know, we're hoping that they're all good ones. Um, but there's still just a ton of different options. So, um, so that that's kind of where it gets tough. Yeah, and, and and you know, I know down here in North Carolina is you know the uh, the craft beer market is such a it's such a friendly competition. You know, it's I mean, it obviously you know, you got different breweries competing with each other, but I mean the the fact that you know all the breweries at least that I've that I've gone to down here, and I, I think even a few of the ones that I've gone up to up in Michigan, but it's it's like they they want you to try all these different breweries. I mean, it's like they, they, they're, they're supportive of each other as a, you know, as a family group. I mean, it's like, you know, don't put a Coors Light in your hand, you know, put a, you know, put a good craft beer in your hand. And, um, and, you know, I know down here, it's like, I mean, we've got, we got breweries that, I mean, all the breweries that, that I've, you know, come in contact with down here, they're like, you know, if you can't find a beer here, I mean, you've got, you've got so many different cha uh, choices around here. If you can't find a, if you can't find a beer that you like down here, you, you, you're drinking, you're, you know, you need to go to vodka or something, you know, it's, um, and so, I mean, do you, do you see that same thing up there in Michigan where you've got a very, I mean, it's still a competitive market, but it's a, you know, it's a, you know, kind of a, a positive competitiveness where they try to, it's like, okay, we want you to drink our beers, but if you can't find our beers, you know, to be palpable, you know, you know, go find these other beers at these other, at these other breweries. I mean, do you, do you feel that up there in Michigan too? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, 
we get a lot, lot of customers that come in recommendation wise from other places in town. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that there's any place in town that we wouldn't send people to. And I don't think there's any place in town that wouldn't send people our way as well. Okay. So, I mean, the great thing is with people going out and wanting to try something different, you know, it's, it's great to let them have a couple of your favorite beers and then, uh, you know, let them know where to go next. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause that's one thing. Cause I, I haven't been up to, back up to Michigan enough to, I mean, I've been to a you know, number of different breweries up in Michigan since being down, living down here in, in North Carolina. But, you know, I have obviously attended, you know, gone to more breweries down here, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's amazing to see the explosion over the years of the craft beer market and, you know, how, you know, how many, I mean, the, the diversity of flavors that you can find and the diversity of tastes and, even styles of beer is, is crazy. And, you know, even, even from brewery to brewery or from location to location, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's such a cool thing down here. And even up there in Michigan, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, so many different breweries up there. So it's just, it's it's just awesome experience. Well, even, even capitalizing off that, how many just even outside of Kalamazoo, like you're going to the, uh, the beer fest this weekend. Um, how many of those, uh, I guess, community relationships would you say carry on, you know, outside the city more to like, I mean, you mess up, um, mentioned Russell from right brain a couple of times, but how many, you know, how big is that community in the whole state? I guess. It's big. It's, I mean, it's huge. And uh, you know, the people that are in the craft beer community are just, you know, great, wonderful people and fun to see, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing my friends uh, right. from the East side that I don't get to see. Uh, but, you know, the, the Brewers Guild definitely does a good job of, of bringing that together. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. They were talking at uh, the most recent winter beer conference about how, you know, when the brew, when the Brewers Guild got started, it was just a bunch of people that went to one pub and, you know, got together and just talked about their ideas and their thoughts on how things were going. And I think that's a, you know, a big part of, of what the guild does. And I think that's a big part of the craft beer community in general, because we can all learn a little bit from each other and, you know, and everybody else is going through the same struggles or the same, you know, highs as, as we are. So Mm -hmm. It's a great opportunity. Well, have you um, have you thought? Because it seems like a couple of uh, breweries have been doing some collaboration stuff now, like breweries together. Have you thought of doing anything like that with any of the other um, breweries that you may be friends with, whether they're local or otherwise? Yeah, I mean, we definitely do that pretty regularly. Um, you know, the re- most recent collaboration. Um, Geez, was uh, I think with Gonzo's? Okay. We did a collaboration with Gonzo's. Um, we've done collaborations with Final Gravity. Uh, we have a homebrew club that meets up at our place, and we oh really collaborations with them. Hmm. Uh, we actually have one of their beers on on tap right now called Lick It Up, which is nice. a sweet stout that they uh, they came up with the recipe for, and we invited them out to the uh, brewing facility and and. Uh, you know, had our guest brewers of the day. So, uh, oh, that's cool. 
you know, we definitely like reaching out because again, you know, when we work with a industry colleague, you know, we're learning from something from them they're learning something from us and we're hoping to, you know, again, create just a better craft overall. What, uh, Chris, if I can, what would be your kind of dream beer experience? I mean, it, it, as a, as a brewer, as a home brewer, it was starting out as a home brewer. What, if, if you could say, okay, I, w I would like to experience this as a, either a brewer or a, you know, consumer or a taster, what would be that dream beer experience for you personally, I mean, not, not necessarily as a company, but uh, you personally, what would that, what would that entail? Well, I don't, I don't really see, you know, <clears throat> I mean, basically where we're at now is, is that, you know, I mean, um, just hearing, hearing the responses that you guys have about what we're doing. I mean, that to me is, is everything, you know, we have so many, you know, regular customers that are coming in on a, you know, weekly basis, sometimes daily basis. And, uh, you know, just the fact that we're able to create something that's so cool and so fun, um, you know, and, and different than what everybody else is doing. And, um, you know, the, the, being in the beer industry is, has been one of the greatest, the, the greatest experience that I've ever had, you know, and uh, definitely going from making five gallons at a time to, you know, now being one of the top, probably 25 producers in the state. Wow. I think that, nice. uh, you know, that's, that's great. That's awesome. And you get to teach people how to correctly pronounce Sim Carrillo. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just two different hops, two different very tasty hops that very come together, Simcoe and Amarillo. So Simcoe Rillo. Super, super delicious, super fruity. Um, uh, so something else I wanted to ask you, well, two. I, got, I see they're coming out. One, I know right. the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there any chance that you have thought about doing a, a root beer or a uh, sarsaparilla or something in uh, non-alcoholic to make available at one well well uh we definitely started doing that almost uh almost in the beginning so right we uh we do make our own root beer and uh you know as, as friendly to the families as we are you know it gives a good opportunity for those uh you know those people that we've had that maybe uh got pregnant along on the way and miss uh miss the real stuff so they can still come in and enjoy that and uh i didn't know that you know mm -hmm. my niece uh we, we we tell her it's the kid beer yeah <laughs> right it's, it's lucy do you want the kid beer and she's like yes <laughs> yeah, so am i great. sitting at I the bar the <laughs> right <laughs> 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 Man. But, uh, no, I, you know, I definitely think that, you know, one of the great things that we offer is, um, you know, a fun family experience, a fun overall experience. And, and I think that with the families, you know, it's a good opportunity to be able to sit down, you know, as a unit and show that, Hey, you know, drinking, isn't this thing that's so bad, you know, we can have a beer or two, and uh you know still have a good time you can be responsible you don't have to be uh you know crazy or be an idiot 
And, uh, you know, I think that that's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, having that root beer there is a great connection. Well, I've got to say, as, as, a, as, as a person that's only visited that place once, um, you know, with John a couple of years ago, it was, yeah, I, and if I, I can interject, when Lance came up, he said, where's the best brewery in town? And I said, I know a place. Well, cause I, I didn't know. I mean, I, yeah. Cause I didn't know what was there. And, um, cause I came down from Lansing at that, that night and, um, we just, yeah, we just met at, uh, at one well. And I gotta say it was, it was one of the, one of the coolest places that I've ever been to in Michigan. Um, and you know, I haven't been to obviously as many breweries up in Michigan as John and you know, Jason have, but, um, no, you've probably been through more. Yeah. Like, um, but, uh, you know, definitely, you know, definitely down here in North Carolina, obviously, but the, uh, you know, but that was one of the coolest locations, you know, that, um, you know, just from a, like you were saying, the family friendly, I mean, it was, it was a place that felt, like it was a neighborhood. I don't know, I'm not going to say bar, but a neighborhood hangout. Yeah. Like you was, walk in and, and you've got the vibe that you're just, people are happier there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, right. I mean, and yeah. And it wasn't like, it was, you know, very, it, it, it very unpretentious. I mean, very um, uh, easy to communicate, uh, easy to, experience and um you know like i said i haven't been to uh, you know, that many breweries up in michigan but but yeah like john said you know when i was coming down i'm like you know take me to the take me to the best you know brewery down there because i had been to i had been to old, old op a couple times and yeah. um god i don't even remember any of the other breweries but you know when one well one well i mean because i actually have a I have a sticker on one of the bottles that I carry around with me when I go to breweries that, you know, still, it, it is the one well, one well sticker oh, yeah. that I've got, you know, when I got up there. So, yeah. So I, um, you know, I'm, I'm representing down here in North Carolina too, but it was, it was one of the coolest experiences, you know, up there in Michigan and, you know, experiencing that with, uh, you know, especially with John and, um, you know, next time I'm up in Michigan, definitely, you know, we'll stop by because that is, that is one of the, you know, the coolest breweries that I've been to up there. Yeah. And we'll try and catch Chris when he's actually there. Yeah. Which is probably a rare occurrence now, right? Have you gotten it to the point where the business is, I mean, there always seems to be a ton of people working there and it's, it's never usually you or your partner. So. Well, uh, you know, basically I try to stay away, uh, you know, on the weekends. I mean, uh, coming in at eight o'clock in the morning and a lot of times, you know, I'm not leaving till six or seven. Mm-hmm. and uh oh yeah i mean there's days i come in at nine don't let me fool you too <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know definitely with putting in a lot of hours you know it's nice to be able to get out and still uh you know have that work-life balance so yep definitely try to stay away on the weekends and uh but during the week you'll catch me there maybe not uh at last call but uh <laughs> but yeah no we run a pinball league uh, that has an event once a week and then we have a twice a month meeting. So I'm always there. You can always join the pinball league and come hang out with me. John, we could do trivia this weekend. Oh yeah. Oh, we could do, we could trivia. do trivia. I'm going to be a bachelor this weekend. So John and I are planning on all these fun things we can do when we don't have to report to the, to the significant others. Um, I was talking with Chris earlier 
and I brought up something kind of when I, talking about John and Lance and introducing how this was going to go. And, and I kind of made a, a funny joke about Lance and his untapped usage. Um, and Chris had a, a perspective on that that I had not thought about before. Um, and oh, here we go. Intervention time. No, no. <laughs> that that's the direction I always go. In fact, the yeah. joke I made to Chris was if you followed Lance strictly based on untapped, you would assume he has a problem. Yeah. Um, I think that's exactly yeah, the problem is I don't go to enough of them. Right. You don't have enough options, right? Yeah. Um Chris had an interesting take, and I never focused on it this way. And Chris, I'd love for you to talk about it. And it was along the lines of uh, like brand loyalty or repeat business uh, in terms of what Untapped has presented to the craft beer drinking public. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting because uh, you know a lot of places have a lot of different beers on tap, and and from the customer standpoint, I mean, that sounds great, right? You know, they've got thirty different options for you, and they're rotating them, and you can always try something fresh. But a lot of overhead, uh, though. Well, I mean, even that aside, I think that uh, you know, when something sells good, that shows that the customers like it. You know, and and when somebody just wants to try something different every time, you know, we've kind of found it a little bit difficult to get draft lines that are uh, consistent. You know, and and everybody knows you know, what too hard it tastes like and, and likes that. And uh, so at a lot of these places, you know, that's what people are getting first. They get their standby beer and then maybe get one, uh, one or two different, different rotators. So we're trying to figure out what beer we can get out there to be our standard standard. And um, you know, it just takes customers continuing to ask, you know, for our brand at their local bar and letting them know if you keep it on, you know, we'll continue to drink it. So, you know, we're, we're working on, you know, getting the word out there about Jalapa. And, uh, you know, we want people to know, hey, where can you grab a Jalapa when you are uh, not at one well? And where can you get that consistently? Because, again, you know, we all know we can, what, what beers not to be named that uh, you can get at any bar. Right. Uh, right. But you know, when they have something special, something that you like, you know, asking the bartender to continue to keep that on. So, you know, Lance, I know obviously the, the excitement of trying something new every time is, uh, you know, is that, but sometimes, you know, you just got to look at what you have and say, you know, man, we're really lucky to have good tasty craft beer in front of us. And, uh, you know, especially in Michigan, I like, I like mainly supporting Michigan breweries. No, that's that's what you get. That's Same. the freshest. That's what you get. That, you know, supports my neighbor. You know, and, right. uh, and well, it's so, funny you say that. It's funny you say that, Chris, because I, I, I'm on my car. There is a a sticker that says "Drink Local," and it's a Michigan "Drink Local" sticker. Mm, and so, go. yeah, and so, it, you know, which down here doesn't make any sense, but, uh, um, but it's it, it is you know because it is. It is important to find you know those local you know those local beers like I mean because like you know Jason I mean and you've seen in my Untapped I mean there is one brewery that I pretty much attend you know go to more often than anything and um, you know I told them tonight that you know when I was there tonight that I was going to be you know I was going to be you know talking about them and but you know I'm not going to necessarily mention them on air but it's you know they they know that I am you know. I am loyal to them and there's, 
um, you know, Devin, the, the head brewmaster, I mean, he, he's making some fantastic beers right now. And so, I mean, finding those, you know, finding that place that has that beer that you, 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 you know, that you can get it consistently at the place, but then it also, if you find it in the store, if you find it in a, in a you know, grocery store, if you find it in another bar, you know, it's going to taste the same there and, you know, at the, uh, you know, brewery. So, right. Um, and it's, uh, you know, and so, yeah, like you said, that's important to find those local and, you know, those local beers that are your kind of go-tos and, you know, cause I, I do try a lot of different beers, but I mean, they're, and when I go to the same places on a regular basis, you know, I find pretty much, I find myself getting pretty much the same beer, you know, there every time. And it's consistently as fantastic as it is, you know, every other time I have it. So. Well, I just think that, uh, you know, definitely trying different stuff is, is important and great. And, uh, you know, I guess just maybe what my thoughts are, you know, keeping it local and, and that way, uh, you know, you're, you're keeping your, your, uh, you know, community supported and, yeah. and give right. people like us the opportunity to continue in business and, mm-hmm. and, uh, continue to create new stuff too. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm going to ask a question that I don't think we've discussed on this podcast, 50 some episodes in a year and a half through, and I'd like to go around the horn. Uh, I want your top three favorite personal beers and I'll, I'll start. Um, okay. Um, I, I, and I'm not pandering here, but Sweetwater street and John knows this, uh, it's yeah. one of my top three beers of all time. It is just consistently good. I would bring it home by the growler when I first learned about it. Uh, it would always be two growlers, that one. And I would try the, oh, yeah, the rice so red. And then you had, and then I do it some Carrillo and try the Jalapa and a lot of don't, a lot of don't when it was on. That was a good uh, one. Sweetwater street is one. Um, I'm a big fan of Atwater's Vanilla Java Porter out of the Detroit area. That one's a consistent winter beer for me. Um, and then the third one is one that I found when we were down in Tennessee in a real tiny city called Sparta. The brewery is called Calf Killer Brewery. No, nice. Uh, and they had a similar vibe to One Well in the way you were talked to and treated. Like you belong there. It didn't matter if it was your thousandth time there or your first time there. And they had a, a beer called, and I love the name, uh, Sergio's Old Evil Ass Devil Bullshit Ale. Uh, and it, it was it's a uh, uh, light 6.5 beer, but it was brewed with like local honey and oats. And it was just, both my wife and I had it together and we're like, this is killer. So those are the three, Sweetwater Street, Vanilla Java Porter, and Sergio's Old Evil Ass Devil Bullshit Ale. Um, unequivocally top three they may move around within each other but i haven't had one step in to that top three in the last two or three years so nice consistency consistency nice uh john how about you all right um first again not pandering but i I mentioned it right before we even started was uh professor nut butters from one well uh the peanut butter porter is delicious i've never gotten to try that one i'm fearful of trying it my oldest son i know I know yeah, the I mean, nut allergy and I fear right. having that flavoring or taste on me when I come home, but I'm so, so curious it's, to find out what it it's tastes delicious. like. It's decadent and it's, um, it's definitely one of those. I mean, I wouldn't have, I don't have a couple of them, but it's like, if I go to go to one well, I'm going to have a couple of beers. That's, that's the closer. You know, I, I call it the dessert one. That, the that's dessert kind of how you end out the night. Nice. There's that. Um, 
I do like Bell's Hell Hath No Fury, seasonal. Yeah, yeah. That one's always been a pretty, pretty wicked one for me. That's another one. Like you have one, it's just easily drinkable. Then you stand up and you're like, oh, maybe, maybe <laughs> I should sit back down. Right. Um, and then I mean, the other one that's really good that I always go back to is uh, New Holland's Dragon's Milk. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I got some of that in my fridge right now. Uh, and I even tried some of the newer ones where they came out with some variants and stuff. And um, I mean, those are good, but I mean, I, I think I'm still um, devoted to the original, you know, just straight without anything else. Although right. the caramel uh, variant they had was yeah, pretty caramel was, great. The caramel was it so was good. Great. Yeah. Even the chocolate mint was pretty tasty. I didn't get a chance to try that one. Yeah. I don't think I've had anything other than that. I know they came out with a chocolate orange one. Yeah. Probably I've they only, came out with four. I only have yeah, chocolate orange that got out now. I think I there's think, a yeah. sense thing I've got with how creamy that tastes. I just leave it alone. So yeah. good choices. Yeah. Nice done, John. Uh, Lance, what about you? Um, I would say probably you know, in you know well, in some type of order. And um uh, Pineapple Beach from uh, Funky Buddha down in uh, Fort Lauderdale is probably one of my favorite summer beers. Fun. Oh that yeah, and fun. yeah, and it's I mean it's it's a fantastic wheat beer. I mean it's so good, and um, and then there's one from a uh, place called uh, Gizmos up here in uh, Raleigh called uh, the Beekeeper Wheat. Um, I'm a I'm a big wheat drinker, uh, wheat beer drinker. So I I really like the wheat beers. Um, well, I mean obviously until my first. Uh, my, my, even my first choice, but uh, Gizmo's Beekeeper Weed is is one of the f- most fantastic beers uh, around this area uh, when it comes to a wheat, uh, uh, especially a, a sweet wheat like that. But um, number one is probably um, Bombshell Beers. Uh, you know, they've got a right now. Like I had, I had a, a pint of it, or actually a twenty ounce uh, pour of it tonight. But it's a um, bourbon barrel aged coconut. Uh, it's called the Dirty Secret Coconut Stout, oh. and it um, it's it's a bourbon barrel aged out of um, from Buffalo Trace uh, whiskey barrels from Kentucky, nice. and it is they've done it. They've done the bourbon barrel aged now for about three years, and consistently getting better and better every year. And uh, the, this this bourbon barrel aged coconut stout is. I haven't had a, a better stout that would taste better with a scoop of vanilla ice cream in it. Um, and, I was going to uh, guess you would pick that one or the, the strawberry blonde one. That no, you- no, the strawberry blonde's good, but the, this, um, this dirty secret coconut stout bourbon barrel aged with a scoop of vanilla ice cream in it. <laughs> nothing, nothing better than that, man. We got to so, go down, John. We yeah, really got to go down. Yeah, so. I, I checked my, uh, American Airlines points statement. So I mean, we I got the Delta. We can we can get there. I, I, yeah, I got, bring it. <laughs> Let's do an episode down there, uh, bombshell. So uh, that leads us to the uh, brewmaster, Chris. What do you yeah. got? So I mean, I find myself drinking moral support all the time. Uh, you know, I I like to have a few beers, and uh, you know, don't want to go for too high octanes. So mm-hmm. our moral support's all mosaic. It's a session IPA. Uh, 4.8 percent you know I can have a few of those and and get you know great mosaic flavor off of that beer and and uh, you know not be too full and and you know still still be in the game there right right Uh, yeah 
you know, really that tequila barrel age goza that we just released. It's, um, you know, such a wonderful, refreshing lime flavor, huge lime, you know, nice saltiness. And, um, you know, that beer was always a favorite of mine and coming out of that tequila barrel. Oh man. So we've been drinking a lot of that and, um, you know, really Wappy, you know, Wappy has been, you know, a love of mine since I was home brewing, um, you know, Citra hops, it's got cascade. It's a, it's got a wheat backbone to it. So Lance will like it over there. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just got that great citrus flavor again, 6%. So, uh, you're not, uh, not going too far too quick, but, uh, you know, I really do enjoy hoppy beers. I enjoy, uh, you know, trying different new stuff. Um, but, but, you know, some, something that's got good balance is something that's fresh. You know, when my friends and family ask me, you know, about picking up beer from different places, uh, I say, pick me up whatever you like, as long as it's fresh and uh, try to get to it as quick as possible, because that's the only time that you're going to really figure out what the real taste was intended by the brewmaster was to be maybe in the first, you know, month, um, you know, maybe two months of packaging, especially depending on the style. So, um, you know, that's what I like, the fresh beer. I feel I, as we wrap up here, I, I failed to mention one that's on the, just on the outskirts for me. And it's a uh, uh, dragon meets final absolution. That, oh, one, yeah. that one has sig- historical significance for me, but something about banana and clove just, it just works. For me. Yeah, try some Vikings blood sometime. If you get a, ever get a chance to find that. We just did that. Uh, my my younger my my brother is becoming a severe craft brew guy. We just did Pliny the Elder. Oh, nice! We did yeah. sink sink the Bismarck. He he spends the he gets the goes out to like Russian River and goes right in the back room with these guys. It's kind of interesting. So, well, we are unbelievably way over the time we normally do this. So that tells me that this was a this a is a great good one. Conversation. This was awesome. Yeah. And I got now. I just gotta go. We might have to just go get root beer, John, because I did. I I knew Chris that you. I think you had done it and sent it out to Goebbels, out to the guys at. Uh, um, oh yeah, Classic Arcade. Classic Arcade. Bru- oh yeah. Because okay. I I originally was had asked uh, near when you guys had opened about uh, Tony's first communion, my oldest's first communion, getting a a keg of root beer for that. And it wasn't something you did at the time, um, but that's why I think that's my, my my mind just left like nope, it's a it's a Goebbels thing. I gotta go out to Goebbels, but I, or coming in, it's another thing adding to my list. I totally got it. So uh, my thanks to our guest Chris for coming on and, and sharing uh, wisdom and giving us kind of an inside look at um, one well. And my thanks to John and Lance as always, uh, guys. Any final thoughts as we wrap it up? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely go out and check us out at onewellbrewing.com. We're on Facebook. We're on uh, Instagram. Uh, We just released a commercial where if you haven't seen our commercial yet, uh, it's on our Facebook. You should check it out. It's got a great uh, couple great shots of the pub and and the people that, you know, really run the business for us. Oh, nice. And, uh, you know, but if you haven't been, definitely appreciate you come checking us out and, uh, you know, Lance, hopefully next time you're in town, you can stop in and say hi. 
I, next time I'm in Michigan, definitely. I mean, if I uh, yeah, we'll, we will drag him there. Oh yeah, we're going. I'm pretty uh, sure. Oh uh, yeah, dragging as much as it's going to be trying to keep up as he runs towards. <laughs> Well, you kept up pretty well when I was there. Uh, all right. <laughs> you know, I just go and enjoy a few delicious beers, amazing food. I've never, like, broken out the quarters and played pinball. That's something I still need that's, to do. That's true. We should probably do that this Their week. Their pinball collection is exceptional and grow and constantly feels like it's rotating and growing, even though it may – I mean, it, it was that tiny little section of the one. Now it's the entire wall next to the dart. It's a, it's a whole thing. You just got to well, go. Let, let's let, let's let's say this. Let's put this out there right now. If I come up to Michigan, let's do a uh, live broadcast of this podcast. And if you guys come down here, let's do a live broadcast down here. We'd have to get all of us would have to have headsets yeah. because it'd be the four of us yeah. and nine thousand of one well's closest friends. Yeah, at that's any right. Given time, and yeah. you know, that would be a big party though. We could make I, that work. I think that'd it'd be, be fun. I think that'd be, be sweet fun. as hell. Chris, if that happens logistically, we can make that work. We'll just float you guys in the air above the crowd and have your headsets on. And uh, <laughs> there we go. I'm down. There we go. I'm so down. I'm so down. Let's do it. So. All right, guys. Appreciate your time. And as always, if uh, if I don't talk to you before, I'll uh, catch you in the next one. All right. Thank you. Thank you.